0: This is People Every Day. Coming up, a celebration of teachers. I interview a man who impacted my life, my high school choir teacher, Mr. Gregory Cole. Plus, fifth grade teacher David Jameson, known as the dope educator, on going viral for his hit student handshakes. You know, I try to make learning it fun. It's May fifth. Hi, folks. Welcome to People Every Day. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Wednesday. Happy Cinco de Mayo. For those who don't know, it's a day that is typically celebrated with parades and food and music in remembrance of the day that the Mexican army seized victory over the French Empire at the Battle of Puebla on May 5th, 1862. So just a great day to first learn about and then celebrate Mexican heritage. Today, we're also using the show to celebrate another very wonderful and important Group of people, and that is teachers. I've been mentioning for the last few days that we are in Teacher Appreciation Week, and today we're going to dig into that in a big way and just spotlight these humans who dedicate their lives to helping mold and shape other humans. And it seems the profession of teaching has never been more complicated than it is now, what with the pandemic and virtual versus hybrid versus in-person and navigating all of that. So teachers deserve some major love, and we're going to hear from a number of educators, ones you've heard of who've made headlines like David Jameson, the dope educator who went viral thanks to the amazing handshakes and dance greetings he has for all of his students, but also others who have important stories to tell who you may not know. So let's just kick things off. I'm excited to be joined now by the best teacher ever, okay, my high school choir teacher from way back in the early 2000s, Mr. Gregory Cole. Hi, Mr. Cole. Thanks for being on the show. I'm so excited. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. I'm really excited to be in uh, the the authoritarian type of seat <laughs> with you. You are a disciplinarian back in school, but now I get to ask all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I know, I know. You were saying, like, what are you going to ask? I said, nope, I'm not. I'm not telling you anything. We're going to get into all of it. So, just a little intro. Uh, he began teaching at age 22 and taught for 43 years before retiring in 2016. And he is a decorated teacher. Okay, He's the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award with his wife Karen, his beautiful wife, who we grew up to know and love while he was teaching uh, from the Bay Area Gospel Academy for outstanding. Choral Leadership, okay, Lifetime Achievement Award. He founded the internationally renowned Touch of Class Choir of Burton Academic High School, of which I was a member, and TOCC, as we call it, has performed all over the world, including France, Australia, Brazil, and China, and I even had the amazing experience of traveling with the choir to Jamaica and to Rome when I was in it, so just life-changing experiences for all of us inner-city kids, And, and Mr. Cole is behind all of that, so Mr. Cole, first things first. First, why choir? What drew you to teaching choir?
1: Okay, now that's a long story. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> actually, well,
0: you have to make it a short story. Okay. Well,
1: I um, <laughs> first of all, I was an instrumental teacher uh, and I ended up uh, at a church, which my wife was the pianist. And they asked me to do the choir. Uh, at that time, I had no knowledge of doing choir. So I went along with my wife. We went to different places to learn how to direct a choir and not a band. So eventually I was in the church called B.B. Moore's Cathedral where the organist had a friend who had, who was opening a new school and was looking for a director. So she told her about me and asked if I wanted to uh, take the position. Naturally, I said yes knowing that uh, I wasn't an a vocal instructor or a choir director, but I felt like maybe I could do it. So I ended up at Phillip and Alberta Academic High School directing the choir, and that was the beginning.
0: Absolutely. And don't just say band. Uh, HBCU famed band, right? Yeah. Tell people where, where, where you, you started Luz, off. Grambling,
1: Louisiana. That's where I started <laughs> off, uh, playing first trumpet, sitting on the second seat of a, uh, 45 trumpet players. So it was my thing. That's that was, that's what I thought my life was going to be about, was playing trumpet. Didn't work like that at all. So it changed everything.
0: And it was amazing. I mean, I, I mentioned to a lot of people growing up in San Francisco and, and and in some of the areas in San Francisco, it's tough. It's really rough. And, uh, you, you know, you deal with a lot of kids um, at our high school, at, at Burton, um, who have seen some things and been through a lot and and struggle and some of them struggling academically. And you were you created this safe space when we were in school and you really just whipped people into shape. So did did some of that disciplinary uh, just knowledge and way to work with kids and bring them in? Did that come from Gramlin? Did that come from that training at the HBCU? The discipline came from
1: God. My high school teacher, uh, when I was in the band, he was a disciplinarian. And then at Grambling, we were somewhat taught how to to maintain and control. So I guess I got it from a lot of other people, too. It made me feel good to know that young people would listen. Uh, I don't know it was how I was saying it or what I was saying, but everyone seemed to understand. Sometimes they would get upset. Some of them couldn't stand me. But it was meant for the good and and they became in fact, most of I said 90, 95 percent of my students are successful in some field or another, which I'm very proud to know about.
0: Absolutely, and because you held us to a really high standard, you would post our GPAs. Like you had to to be able to practice, to be able to perform, to be able to be in the concert. And these concerts were huge. People from all over the city came. Mayor Willie Brown at the time, uh, just different dignitaries, senators would come to our concerts. Uh, and in order to participate, you had to be on your stuff. It didn't matter if you were struggling in class. You had to figure it out, and you would help coordinate that. But you. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You had to be on top of your academics.
1: Well, that was my main goal. Actually, I, I took choir as a means of reaching the kids to have something that they could enjoy. At the same time, knowing that the only way they could enjoy that is that they had to succeed academically first. Everyone wants to come to to burden just to be in the yeah. choir. In fact, I had several. I had many students. The only reason they came to burden was for the choir. And that that, that motivated was me. I was with My
0: whole family, <laughs> I, I grew up on the other side of the city in San Francisco. My whole family went to this one high school for years, but okay. I heard about the choir and I said, I have to go to Burton. I'm going to take the Muni bus for over an hour <laughs> every <laughs> day go. to get to Burton. And I remember auditioning for you. Uh, I I was late. I had missed the auditions for some reason. And I had to audition for you in front of the bus lineup outside of school. I had to stand there and used to you want to be in choir? Okay, sing. Everyone was out there. Okay, <laughs> and you said, "Well, sing now." If you want to be in choir, sing. And I just started singing Whitney Houston in the middle of <laughs> a big there lineup for go. the bus.
1: <laughs> and I must say, you one of my greatest students too, and you're a very
0: good choir. Oh, you don't have to say
1: that. <laughs> I, had to throw, I had to throw that in, but it, it was, it's what all of my kids, uh, I, regardless to you know what their background were. Uh, their attitude that comes with teenagers, Regardless to all of that. Every kid made a change once they got in to touch a class choir.
0: It did. It did. Okay, so my my production team is like sending me a message right now because you hinted at it, but they want to know what was I like in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna do ask we, this, but they keep sending it to me. <laughs> do I need to go
1: any further? <laughs> <laughs> no, she was one of my best students uh, Lively, uh, a lot of fun, always laughing uh, I never had a problem uh, In fact, she did most of the dance routines Which was superb And if go online, you may be able to see some of them I can't remember which songs you did <laughs> But it, 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 she was outstanding That's all I can say, outstanding I love her so much
0: Oh, thanks, Mr. Cole. It was uh, just an honor to be there. Uh, Out of everything, and you were recently, we had a reunion recently where people from all throughout the decades that you've taught came back together and celebrated Touch a Class Choir and what you did specifically for your 70th birthday. Uh, We just honored you. And so did the city. You got an accolade from San Francisco for all of your work as a a teacher. Uh, But what has been your greatest achievement of all?
1: Retire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's so many things I've done within the last, within the 43, or 43 years? Touch of class choir is the only thing I could come up with. That was the greatest. Uh, uh, It was above and beyond my imagination. I never dreamed that that would come into focus in my life. And that's about the. That's, I, I would say Touch a Class Choir is is the most remarkable thing that happened.
0: It, it changed my whole world for, for kids, you know, who had never been out of the country or anything like that. You really just gave us so much perspective and just allowed us to see uh, the possibilities. So thank you, Mr. Cole. And it's in the name. Touch a Class. You gave us class and it, there you go. it, it, will, it will never, ever be forgotten. It's been that, so great to talk to you and just catch up.
1: Oh, girl. My heart can start. (laughs) You see, y'all know, I got my hand over my heart right now.
0: This is (laughs) so awesome. I don't do this. (laughs) I know. This girl talked you into it. She did. She did.
1: (laughs) And she's proud of you, too.
0: Yes, yeah, I'm all so proud ready. of you, Mr. Cole This oh. is just so, like, you, have, you never know Like, you were just, you know, you were doing your job and stuff But the way you went about it And we were talking about it after the virtual thing You just touched so many lives Like, you were a father figure And when I think of my father figures I think of my grandpa
1: and Mr. Cole That's so wonderful I feel privileged to have done this with you It's a blessing
0: In preparation for today's show, we put a call out to teachers asking, what has the pandemic been like for you? How has it affected your profession and your work and your personal life? And we got some candid answers. So take a listen to these educators on that topic.
2: The most challenging piece about teaching during the pandemic, I'd say getting acclimated to teaching remotely was really difficult, right? I felt like it was almost like I learned how to fix cars and now someone is telling me to fix a cruise ship.
0: I think one of the most challenging parts about teaching during the pandemic is not being able to be in the physical space with students as you're trying to explain a hands-on activity or exercise. Students losing daily access to the school building was challenging for me to accept. School is a safe haven. We don't know what their life is like outside of a building.
1: Even the most well-intentioned school is maybe still not looking at this pandemic for what it is, and it is a global crisis. This
2: format has been convenient for students, but not beneficial to them, right? That they don't have to commute. They don't have to get here and look for parking. They don't have to do all those kinds of things. They don't have to pay for room and board. But based on the grades and all that kind of thing, I can tell it's not beneficial for them. It's
1: tough to not beat yourself over the head and try to just do everything that's outside of your control to support a child
0: it can be very frustrating. Next step, I speak with the dope educator himself, teacher David Jameson of Tennessee, who has found a unique connection with all of his students, a connection that has gone viral. Stay tuned. You guys have most definitely heard of my next guest, a teacher with the most amazing connection with his students. I should say the most perfectly choreographed connection with his students. Fifth grade teacher, David Jameson, also known as the dope educator, okay, is from Memphis, Tennessee, and he went viral multiple times when videos were shared of his special handshakes that he has to greet all of his students. This is over 75 individual handshakes, and that's pre-COVID, so after COVID, post-COVID, uh he came up with individual dance moves that he shares with all of his students and we are celebrating teachers this week and he is here with us now how are you doing
2: I am great and grateful thank you so much for having me and thank you for celebrating teachers we really appreciate that thank you so much
0: no problem it's so excited to have you on so so tell me a little bit about how this started when was the first handshake and how did it balloon into what it's become?
2: The first handshake was actually my first year teaching. Uh, that was back in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, me and my best friend uh, of 20 plus years, we've always had this secret handshake, okay? So, the secret handshake basically set us apart from everyone else, okay? So, when I got into education, now I have 75 best friends. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's just a way of just forming a connection, uh, letting students know that they're valued, that they're appreciated. You know, and I started it back in my my first year teaching, and I, you know, made it a tradition every year.
0: Wow. So this is long before, you know, it went viral or anything like that. You were doing this with your students. So what is the practice like? Like, how long does it take to to work out your your handshake or your dance moves? Now, I love that you've pivoted to like a touchless version of this greeting.
2: Last year, it took about a week. Uh, This year, uh, with, you know, the the different uh, restrictions, the students not being able to uh, be here to full uh, capacity. Uh, it only took us one day. So I memorized all the dance moves in one day. So and we just you know, it's like the more you do something, you know, the more it sticks with you. Repetition.
0: Wow. And so wh- what's the kids uh, participation in? Like, do they come up with some of the moves themselves or, or do they tell you, OK, I want to do this? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: it's, it's like, we, you know, we work collaboratively. Uh, so, um, I may have students that may say, may, Mr. Jameson, uh, I don't, I don't have a handshake. I don't know what to do. So that's when i you know, I'll, i I would help that, that student. So it's, it's almost like if they have something already, you know, I'll use what they have. And if they don't, I'll show them what I have. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes now they may not like it. Okay. So then <laughs> I have to do my <laughs> reevaluating and, you know, so we come up with something we both can, uh, agree and have a mutual you know agreement
0: nice nice do you have a dance background because i'm just like oh my goodness (laughs) like one it's it's smooth
2: (laughs) (laughs) well uh, I've, i've been dancing since i was what seven or eight years old you know i used to do um talent shows when, when I was younger, but I'm, I'm not a dancer dancer, but I can move a little bit, so.
0: <laughs> Cool, and then tell me about just your, your teaching style. We see how you greet. So, so mm-hmm. what is it like in the classroom with Mr. Jameson? Well,
2: uh, with me, uh, it's definitely an engaging, uh, fun class. You know, I try to make learning fun. Um, realizing that you have to be able to catch the fish before you can clean the fish. So you have many people there trying to clean the fish that they haven't caught yet. So mm. that's, that's my motto, you know, every single day. You know, we can't expect kids to learn if they're bored. You know, say you have to make learning fun, make it more exciting. So um, in my class, I create an, an atmosphere of love, uh, making sure that everyone feels valued, you know, that I'm not leaving anyone out, that I'm not just calling on the person, you know, in the front or that person that quote unquote talk every day. I, I, I want to make everyone feels valued. So uh, that's my class. You know, we have fun. You know, we joke around. You know, it's just a fun and engaging uh, classroom where it's, it's more like family.
0: And, and, and you're a fifth grade teacher. So you're getting kids. They're kind of on the precipice of, you know, just all of this information coming in. They're going to shift over to middle school soon. And I, my heart, Goes out to teachers, but students as well. There's just so much going on in the world right now. Um, if you if you talk about police brutality, gun violence, um, all of that is on so many people's shoulders. Is that stuff you get into in the classroom? And 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 what's the how are you, how's your class doing right now?
2: Uh, my my class is doing well. Um... Most of my kids, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that they are, you know, protected against most stuff because when I do bring it up, most of them, you know, they really haven't had like heard of it. You know, I teach in an um, underserved uh, community as, as well. So, um, you know, so most of them may not, you know, watch a lot of television. They watch a lot of YouTube and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still make sure on my end, that they are exposed to what's going on in the world every single day. You know, I want to make sure that that they are aware and they're not my, my object in their thinking. So uh, I try to just make sure that we stay current, realizing that we have to not only prepare students for a test but also prepare them for life. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I feel that you know students are judged by test scores but our students are more than just a test score. You know, we have to really prepare them for life and let them know what's going on in the world.
0: That was the dope educator, David Jameson. For more on him, head over to people.com or Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. You can see him in action. And I just love a teacher who loves teaching. And that's another question we pose to a number of educators. What is it about this job that you love so much? So let's take a listen to what some other teachers had to say. What do I love most about being a teacher? (laughs) what is there not to love besides the mounds of paperwork PLCs and limited restroom breaks my poor bladder but it's seeing the big picture I said oh one two three I love when the light bulb goes off that means I've done my job effectively.
2: It's the relationships both with the teachers in my building, the administration in my building, um, and most of all with the students. Um, the job is different every day.
0: Every day is a new day. Um, and then each year you you get to influence A different set of kids lives.
1: I love that I get to grow and learn alongside other individuals that are growing and learning. How beautiful.
0: So awesome. And now one more teacher moment to make you smile. Recently, a 24-year-old teacher named Sophia got a crash course on how kids can say the darndest things. (laughs) Take a listen to the varying responses she got when she asked her class to guess her age. 200, Can I answer? I'm not 23, I'm. When you finish 24, you can't be 25! When I finish 24, I'm gonna be. 25! Like a grandma. Okay, if 25 is a grandma, then I'm pushing up daisies. <laughs> Hope all the teachers out there feel appreciated, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.